I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Wow, today on Exploring the Prophetic, we have an uncommon guest, which is Michelle Brogan and her husband, Alec. Uh, I'll reference him even though he's not on the podcast. Michelle has been leading this dance company where they do conventions to train in performing arts called Dance Revolution for over 20 years. It's a one-of-a-kind thing. They go into cities for three days and they invite the city, anybody who's in performing arts, with high-level professionals to learn performing arts for three days in a in a really Christian-centric or Christ-centered way, even though they hide a lot of the Christ-centeredness in the context of story, testimony. And by the time they do Sunday mornings, which they do church for all the people who have attended who want to come, they see, you know, hundreds of salvations and miracles. It's just absolutely amazing. And because they've been doing this for so long, they've really been able to fine tune uh, their ministry and they have an internship. They have all kinds of parts to it. You can go to their Dance Revolution website and see all the different ways that they have um, do their ministry and, and do creativity. And I think God is a creator, you know, Zephaniah 3.16, it says that he delights in us. And in, in that particular scripture, there's one of the Hebrew words for he dances over us, which I think is so amazing when you think God delights and dances over us. Like he twirls around spinning in joy over us, over Israel, he was talking about in that scripture. But in the context of who God is, that he has an alive personality that is full of expression and dance really captures that. And I think it's so important when you have somebody like Michelle, who's not just, um, just an artist, but as somebody who actually is intellectual and really is well-spoken and who can really define and articulate the theology behind this. It's powerful that it came from such a profound backstory. When you hear her backstory, she came out of a life of mental illness. She came out of a life that was very hard. And she, you know, when she chose Christ and the way she chose him as she followed him, he turned the, that story into a completely different story that's unrecognizable. That's who our God is, and that's what he does through us hearing his voice and walking with him in intimacy. So I'm really excited about today. And I want to remind you that we have an online prophetic platform that you could join and get mentoring videos every week and also have revelation interpretation. There's an online community that's resourcing each other. We just started it called Translating God Mentoring Platform. You can get it at bullsministries.com. But we're making these conversations for you. We're in our third year now, and we want it to help those of you who want to go on a further journey of actually growing in the prophetic in more of a student-led way. If you want to be a student, I want to encourage you to come onto our platform and join it. Also, we have one word from our sponsors, and then we will get right into the interview. Thank you so much. One of my favorite questions I get as someone who people tend to see as a prophetic person or a ministry leader is, will you mentor me? And I love this question, and I haven't been able to do much with it for all these years because I've been teaching, writing books, these kinds of things, but the one-on-one -on -one is the hardest part. There's just not enough time, especially for the thousands of requests we've gotten. Well, we came up with a solution called the Translating God Mentoring Platform, and this is a platform where there's five videos a week along with an online coach who's gonna answer your questions, and you will have question and answer videos, teaching videos, mentoring other people videos where we're doing mentoring conversations. There's videos from other 
other prophetic ministers and some you'll know really, really well who are sharing prophetic testimonies and stories of what works for them. You don't want to miss being a part of this community that's growing online because just subscribing monthly, you're going to get all these videos every week into your mailbox. And I know it's going to change your life as you have someone to process your prophetic journey with you and have these mentoring conversations with. Come join us at bowlsministries.com and click on mentoring. You're going to love it. Oh my gosh, here we are. I'm so excited about this interview. <laughs> Michelle, we tried to do this like three times. We finally got on. This is amazing. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> it worked. Well, I mean, you have such a rich background in hearing God's voice, which has led you into doing some pretty unique things in the body of Christ, especially when it comes to mm-hmm. dance and art performance. And uh, just kind of take us on the journey a little bit as far as how did this start? Well, with the with the ministry we have and how it started, you know, I I have a background in dance. I started at a very young age. I wanted to dance by three years old. I was an only child. So my mom, you know, tested the waters with me. I did everything between karate, synchronized swimming, cooking and pretty much failed at it all. (laughs) So dance became the one thing that I felt like I really fit uh, the mold of what was passionate in my heart. So, I, you know, I danced for a long time as a kid and um, actually went to Star Search. I don't know if you remember oh those gosh, days by like 15. Star Search. Uh, yes, Ed McMahon. And so, you know, those things just were stirring in my heart, but you never put Jesus with dance back then. And, you yeah. know, I grew up in a, uh, we went to church, but you just didn't put the two together. This was a hobby that you did. And then you went to church. And so... As I got older and really wanted to professionally dance and kind of went in that um, realm, a few many circumstances that happened in my life, both good and bad, the Lord really started to show me that this was no longer a hobby in my life, but that worship was a lifestyle, and He created me to worship and to dance. And really through the background I had in the professional arena, we just put this thing together and saw that this was something that the generation needed to know that they were created to do this, not just as a hobby, but as a lifestyle, that it was going to change the kingdom and create a culture of transformation through the visual arts. And so I started this thing at like 24, so um, really oblivious (laughs) to to what was ahead, but I just gave him that one small yes. And he really, I mean, for 20 years, we've been doing this thing across the nation and seeing dancers' lives transformed through the arts. And it's been the most incredible experience of my life to see how he's, he's put the two together and really showed us that this is a part of what he's doing in the, in the kingdom right now. Now, I, I think it's really interesting because I think, you know, most of the church still isn't really awakened to dance. And if they have a dance team, a lot of times it's more like what you would see at the Rose Parade pageants, you know, it's like very pageantry right. based, um, maybe because of the March for Jesus and some of the earlier expressions of dance were more theatrical. And you guys are really, you do a lot of mainstream stuff. You do a lot of stuff that would right. be more contemporary. Like your YouTube videos are very, like if you watch other people's YouTube videos on different types of genres of dance, you guys would look like you could cross over mainstream, but the message behind it and the, the energy behind it, so to speak, not like new age energy, but God energy behind it. Is really right. it's it's a place of spiritual expression, and I think it's really right. beautiful that you guys have taken this. And there's so few groups who've done this and actually brought it into the context of both inside and outside of church. How do people receive it who've never had an experience with like Christian Christians who dance? Right, I totally understand what you're saying, and that's what it's been for so long. You know, it's it's based on a lot of passion. 
And the one thing the Lord really showed me along this journey is, you know, if we're going to shift the culture, you know, what we're seeing is it has to be an excellence. And so what I've seen, especially over the last six years, as we've even leveled up and really, you know, we believe that if God's called you to it, you have to have the skill in the comp, you know, be competent in it. So we've really pushed towards that and excellence. So what I'm seeing now more than ever is people coming in and where before maybe dance would have been something that felt a little, you know, voodoo, weird, or just about <laughs> the passion of it. They're really gravitating. I'm watching grown men at our events weep and cry and come to the altar when there really hasn't even been so much of a message given. It's what they've seen and how, you know, Jesus was the most awesome storyteller, but he had to put it in parables for us to really get a visual of what he was talking about because we wouldn't understand it. And so what we're seeing is if we tell the right stories and we do it with passion and excellence is when the anointing kicks in and people can't, they can't deny that. So we've seen this gravitation towards what we've been doing more than ever with the church and outside of the church, because um, it's rivaling what they're seeing outside the church, but it's moving them on the inside. So people are, you know, there's been so much open arms towards it. Where back in the day, 20 years ago, you asked us to come, they'd put all 20 of us in a bathroom to change and no water. They were just like, (laughs) here's the dancers. They're here to just kind of do their thing. And so I really wanted to change that, you know, mindset too in the church is this is needed. This is the language that's being spoken right now, but it has to be done with excellence as well to really see um, transformation come. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because if you take a movie and you take the soundtrack out of the movie, it's not right. as engaging or interesting. That's the same. Like if you take a pop singer and you take out their background dancers and all the theatrics, it's just not the same. People wouldn't pay the money to Mm-mm. go see that. People wouldn't have the impact emotionally on it. And it's the same in the church. If you take all the expression and the movement out of the church, there's a part that's missing. And I feel like I grew up around a lot of dancers and my sisters danced and um, very, very different than nowadays. I mean, it was very churchy at the time, but it was like a beautiful expression. And I remember just whenever there was dance, it just felt like there it was more full. It felt like, you know, like right. it feels like in heaven, everything's always moving. There's always a movement. And I think we've been afraid of our bodies a lot of times because mm-hmm. bodies have had, had such a, a sexual expression that we, we confuse wrong sensuality with um, healthy movement. And right. I think that one of the beautiful things that I've seen with you guys, because you, your team came and did uh, some dancing for us last May, and mm-hmm. it was just so beautiful. It just was so easy to look at and so connected. And I think that that's what, you know, people who are um, ashamed, have shame-based or shame triggers or religion, they look at movement and they, they just apply it all to just one thing. But you guys are helping right. to change that expression, which is so awesome. I'm so happy. Yay. Let's go kind of backwards, though, because I love the story of your husband. <laughs> like, this is so amazing. <laughs> you met your husband and knew it was, he was your husband. And then and within yes. the 24 hours, God gave you a pretty clear dream vision thing. And I want to hear about this. Yes. Well, oh, you know, it's such a funny story. I remember back, you know, I'd gone through so much in my past and I was just coming out of a really difficult time and, you know, still some residue from where I was coming from. And, you know, I was in the church and it was a, it was a night that my car broke down. So I couldn't go to my church and my friend was going to a different church. And she's like, if you want to go to church tonight, you have to come to my church. And I was like, you're going to a singles group. I'm not going to a single group. It's a meat market. Like I, that's not where, you know, and I wasn't even thinking husband at the time. Cause really the Lord had told me if I would just run the race and stop getting focused on that one thing all the time that as I ran the race, I'd look over and he'd be there. 
So I went to this, this, <laughs> this night of the singles group, whatever. And I just remember seeing my husband, well, he was, he'd probably just shake his head if I really told but I'm going to tell the story anyway, is that he parted of people and I saw <laughs> legs and I thought those legs can't really belong to a Christian because it was like <laughs> this moment in time stopped. And so anyway, we, it was, you know, through meeting him that night and he showed up actually at dinner where I was at. And I remember thinking to myself, um, I knew in my spirit, like this is because I prayed and I really felt like the Lord had given me some pictures to pray for. And I knew it was him. And I remember going home that night and I had a journal and I called my mom and I was just really weeping because I thought if he really knows my past and who I am. And I remember at the time I was a smoker and, you know, still at the church, but still had residue left over of things that I was just having a hard time, like breaking through. And my mom really gave me some advice that night of like, if it's God, he's going to show him and he's there to equip this residue in your life to do the impactful things you need to do. So I opened my journal that night and wrote down, I met my husband tonight. And through uh, we, uh, the time that we dated, I wrote in it every night of the things that God was showing me about our relationship from what I had prayed for to the moment I met him. And I gave it to him uh, at a rehearsal dinner. But it was just one of those times where, you know, even though I didn't feel worthy or that it was, you know, I knew it was him. But then there's that part of you where it just is like, is can this be? Because when God brings it, it's so much more exceedingly abundantly <laughs> in all aspects more than what we could ask or imagine. But he showed me it that night. But I had to have my flesh line up with all the things I was beating myself up over. And um, it was the one I was glad because I wrote a lot in that journal <laughs> all wow. those months. Wow. But I remember giving it to him that night. And that was just such a prophetic word there that it was given to me the night I met him. Wow. And so we've been together 22 years oh, since. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. So you also had um, God give you a vision for your ministry and knowing that you were supposed to move. That's a big deal. Yeah. So like you ended up moving to Dallas. Where were you from? I was in Florida for, okay. um, you know, 34 years of my life, never left that place. So yeah, he gave me a clear vision one night, um, which was through a service this guy was at. And I know I wrote, you know, that we were at the service and it was just this time in my life. I was really exploring hearing God's voice. And this guy came to the service. He was very extravagant in the morning and was like, you guys are going to come back to the service tonight. And I want you to bring these Tupperware things and put all your dreams and visions in there, but what's holding you back? And I thought, I am not coming back with a Tupperware, like cool whip <laughs> thing. Like this is so ridiculous and radical. And my husband got in the car. He's like, we're doing it. We're doing it. You know, we're in this phase where we're really wanting to hear God's voice on what we're supposed to do. And I remember going to the pool that day and because, you know, Florida, you know, you go to the pool. And I was like there with the Lord, like this sounds so ridiculous and radical. And he was like, I speak in the most radical, ridiculous ways. Yes, he does. So you really just need to line up with me. And so I went home and pulled the cool top off and wrote all this stuff and put it in this container. We went to the service and there was probably 5,000 containers oh, on the wow. stage that day. Literally, like I thought everybody's as ridiculous as us. And I remember putting that thing at the bottom of the barrel and saying, God, if it's you tonight and you're going to speak to me about what you want me to do, I, I, I want him to pull out our name specifically. Wow. And that night he only reached down and pulled out one of those Tupperware containers and he ripped the lid off and I put our names in there and he called out our names and said, tonight is the night basically that God's going to give you the dreams and desires. And it's, it's not what you thought, but it's going to be everything that you'd hoped and dreamed wow. for. And that was literally the night I woke up at four o'clock in the morning. And there's so much more to that story. We, we gave an offering that night, you know, just things with our giving that we'd never done before, but heard the Lord's voice. And I remember he woke me up at four o'clock in the morning that night and literally 20 years ago, I still have the notebook that I wrote the vision he gave me for what we're doing today. Wow. And 
you know, it's just that small, you know, it's all those small yeses, right, that yeah. add yeah. up to this momentum with obedience he does with us. And so it was very clear to us that night and me and and we we said yes and moved on from that night to establish what we have today. I love that. It's all those small yeses. What kind of frame for us what you're doing today? Just give us a big frame. The big frame is, you know, we, we have a, we started this convention, you know, 20 years ago. And I remember watching Teen Mania. I don't know if you remember, you know, that, that ministry of Ron and in thinking there's this incredible youth movement happening. But I felt like the Lord was specifically saying, I want to specify it to performing arts. Like you're going to go out and do this and you're going to have an internship and you're going to have this convention and you're going to draw people in. And I didn't know how it was going to happen, but basically what we go from city to city and we've been renting out massive size ballrooms and inviting whoever would come to come at these three day events. And during the three days, you know, we equip and train them and uh, we bring in staff that and people that have really been in the industry professionally, but have really given their lives over to Jesus. And so we travel with 42 people and we go and set up these incredible events with just, a, you know, a very professional setup because we want to draw in, you know, not just the Christian um, arena, but the world. And we do classes for three days, but infused in all those classes and all those times, we do a lot of our illustrated sermons. I speak throughout the weekend. And so we're doing bite-sized nuggets throughout the weekend to really show them how this all links up with who they are and what they're created to do. And on Sunday morning, we take time to do church and it's like church they've never been to before because it's it's basically a visual arts Broadway style production we put on. And I, I get up afterwards and literally do like a 15 minute altar call. And we have the, the, the stage, the auditorium flooded with people mm. giving their lives to Jesus, being oh. healed, being transformed. And so through that has come, you know, all these other streams of, you know, we started an internship 13 years ago and have you know, 18 to 25 year olds move to Dallas for nine months at a time and equip them about evangelism and worship. And they travel with us and they pay their way to get there. And they're the hands and feet of the ministry. We started a competition so that we can draw in even the masses more to show them about what that looks like and get them to our convention. And we also have a hub here in Dallas, which is our studio training center where we um, are, are taking more of the 18 and under age and equipping them as worshipers and as dancers as well. And so that's kind of the big picture of what we're doing um, with the performing arts, with our ministry. That's so incredible. And I've, of course, heard of you for years and years and years and had friends who've gone and, uh, but it's just the impact is so strong. Give us like, if you can, nutshell a couple of impact stories of lives who were changed, people who came through the program and what God did with them. People that have come through our internship, you know, that's just always, you know, when you journey with people for nine months is a pretty incredible journey. We see kids just, they really, really learn who Jesus is there. I mean, they come from backgrounds of being pastor's kids, but sometimes it's when you get out on your own and you have to choose what you believe instead of being told what you believe is really very impactful for me to watch lives unfold by choice uh, in my life. But the stories that come out of the convention, you know, people think it's just they come to dance and they, they find out how to worship. But for us, it's just we see people, um, you know, I've seen people get totally healed right in front of my eyes, that back straighten up. We've had wow. cysts and ovaries pop in front of, I mean, we feel, you know, we see it, we see eyes uncrossed. I mean, God is going to use whatever means it takes, you know, whether it's a dance convention to really see the full gospel come to life. So the impactful <laughs> I think we stories. Need to pause there real fast because. A lot of people are listening. This is all new to them. I mean, some people are listening who've never even seen dance in church before. And you're going from this is a platform of creative arts and training people and performing arts to 
this is actually a platform that you've seen massive miracles and lives change and salvations through. And I think I, I just love that our listeners, like some of them are going to be like, huh? Like almost like a pinball machine. Right? It's so good. I love it. Well, keep going. I just wanted to stop there for a second. Well, I mean, I really think that's, you know, that's what the Lord showed me because sometimes people shut us down of like, oh, it's just the dance thing, your dance troupe. And I'm always like, I'm always like, you know, the dance troupe in my mind is the front line of the army. That's who gets sent in and battle first. And so when we're going to these places, I've had women come up that are barren that, you know, through a class they're getting healed. I have kids that have had mental, you know, because of my background and I tell my testimony that's huge in the performing arts is, you know, just a lot of self-hate and mental um, we see more mental illness, I probably think, than anything else because of the age and what's happening in this generation. And so we see p- kids come out of bipolar disorder and they come back after a year and they're off their medication. But it's happening wow. because the wow. atmosphere is being set for dance to do what it was meant to do. And it's just taken us time to get there to understand, like you talked about the heavens, you know, when people are like, we don't, you know, when they haven't accepted dance, I'm like, you're not going to like heaven because there's crashing of lightning and there's movement and there's thunder and there's things moving around the throne. And, you know, that's really the intention I think of God with worship was it was meant for warfare and for praise. So when you put those two things together, we're not having to go pray over kids half the time when it clicks and they get who they are and who they've been created to be, and then they operate in that, it radically shifts things from the inside out. So we've prayed over people and things have happened, but we've also seen things happen by them walking in what they're created to do and their identity at this massive dance convention where you see 1500 kids in there all dancing and worshiping. Mm. And you're just like, but they're doing it where the world would walk in and say, wow, that looks like what we've known but there's something impactful about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, the excellence factor is totally there. Different. Yeah. It's not so, just an expression. It's a clear expression towards something, which is amazing. So, I mean, the stories are, I mean, uh, there's so many. We've had prophetic moves of God. We've, we've seen the glory fall. We've seen glory dust show up. We've seen just, you know, where the stillness is there. But it's because we've dedicated this whole thing to what he wants. So it's so much more than an event or a dance convention yeah. or, you know, whatever we would call it. Well, I'm going to take us backwards a little bit because part of the show of Exploring the Prophetic is I want people to hear um, just how you learn how to make those choices. Because sometimes when we hear each other, we go, oh, I'm like that, or I've heard that, or I felt that. It just helps. It, it creates an awakening in people to trust their own ability to hear from God. What are some of the early times when God was sh- showing you this vision? Because I'm sure you and your husband had to step out on a limb financially and move to a new city and start building a team and like give us a couple of the the key moments that God spoke and some things happened because of that. You know, I really think it begins with us as children. You know, um, I really had to go back. I wrote a paper once that um, I did this class like years ago and I had to go even back to the little small things that I think we miss if we don't see what God's doing, you know, even as a child. And so when I was doing dance and I was an only child, so I would just all day long, to set productions on my stuffed animals. And, and then I would take them to my dad's work and I would make t- tickets and sell them. And my dad had a welding company. So all these like dirty iron <laughs> making guys would have to come to my show because my Your dad would make animals. them. And <laughs> yeah, and, and it was just, it started as a, a, in an early stage. But, you know, as I grew into dance and, um, you know, I walked away, you know, what I would say walked away from the Lord because I thought, well, I'm just going to go do this thing on my own, whether it was dance or, or lifestyle choices. And, 
you know, in, in a transition I had in my life, I became um, locked in my house for over six months as an agoraphobic and wow. OCD and mild schizophrenia. And just some things happened and shifted my perspective where I had to be still for six months <laughs> because I wouldn't leave my room. And in that time, I really feel like the Lord took me on a journey back to who I was and the small, the small things that I had missed along the way of what he created me to do and why he made me and only, you know, why I was an only child and why I went through the things I went through with my parents and even the leadership of what you have to have inside of you to even start anything like that. So when I came out of that time in my life and I moved and, um, really started to go into that journey, I talked about of seeing that worship and dance was not a separated thing. You know, that's, you know, when, when I met my husband, he was such a cheerleader in that. And when I came to him that night, I had that vision you know, my husband was a pro golfer and he had this incredible job. And, you know, when I came to him with this vision, you know, basically within a year, he gave everything up for it. And he said, yes, if you've heard from God and this is his voice, say yes to it. So the small steps came of, you know, I had this huge vision, right? And it's, you know, it's so much like where we see the big thing and then God pulls us back to the baby steps. You know, I started booking hotels the next, the next week I got that vision and my faith was so big, but my wisdom was very small. So <laughs> I was booking huge venues and all these hotel rooms and, you know, buying all of these things because, you know, he showed me the picture ahead. You know, that's what prophecy is. He shows yeah. you into the future. Yeah. And I had to learn that that was what's to come. And so I learned that, you know, in some awesome and hard ways of like, okay, that's, you know, I've got to take those baby steps to get there. And so we started doing things to just move forward and finding the team, getting our alignments right for the assignment that was ahead. And, you know, we had to sell, you know, three houses in, in the last, uh, you know, 20 years. We have had to give it, we've given our cars away, whatever it took to get the process of what we see now we did. And there wasn't a lot of questions in that. It was just was what our heart was to see what God had put in front of us. And so it was small things along the way, even when we moved, you know, we both were, did a, an event in Dallas. We hadn't lived here yet. And we both were in the hotel room and we began to weep by our bed. I remember we got down on our knees and we were like, this feels like home, mm. even though we knew no one there. Wow. And that wasn't the next day we moved there. It was a process of asking for signs and asking for the prophetic word to come forward in our lives. And even when we would deny it, it was there. And it was, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't easy, as you know, as you journey in the obedience of it, because your flesh is sometimes kicking along the way. But we 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 said yes, and he pr started providing along the way. And some things took longer than what we we would th we thought, but we kept taking the step forward to move here. So I'm gonna I don't go, know if that answers your question does, there. But... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna actually go backwards a little bit because I think I want to highlight this, and because uh, you brought it up very matter of factly, which some of the mental illness that you struggle with um, just growing up. And how far God's taking you. Like you're to lead and to be the lead of the capacity you're leading. You have to have administration. You have to have strong leadership, people skills, pastoral skills, all management skills. And you were at a place when you were growing up that if people like the, the average psychiatrist or psychologist would have who diagnosed you, if they could have seen what you're doing now, they would have been in shock. And I think a lot of people are listening. Sometimes they're hearing from God, but they struggle with something. And they're worried that that struggle is going to get in the way of actually what God's told them. And I love how God healed you completely and, and just, you know, brought you forward in this journey. But um, during that time, maybe, maybe it wasn't that time, but maybe in the early stages when you were still learning how to hear from God, do you feel like, um, was it easy for you to believe the big picture? Or was it one of those things where you looked at your past and felt a little disqualified or a little bit maybe like, really God, me? Or was it like, no, I know this is God. Like, tell me about your confidence in that early stage. 
Wow. I just got super emotional as you're talking about it. Cause I still think back to like, yes, I mean, when people looked at me back then, um, you know, this was a girl that if she even left her room would, um, pass out. Wow. She was on so much medication. Um, I would sit in the corner of my room. I didn't even make it to my bed most days, shivering and passing out and, um, throwing up if I even had to, to leave certain environments. And it was very, very dark, you know, and, and, and I think when I started coming out of it, of course, there's always, because it wasn't just that there was so much that happened before that, that you look and you think if I have to give you a resume for my yes, (laughs) you know, that's not going to be an acceptable thing. And the Lord really showed me in the process of that. I don't, he doesn't look for my resume and he doesn't just look for my, my yes. It's that he wants to take those past things. And, and, and really the past is where I can even stand on a platform today to really, mm-hmm. even with my story, get the attention of those that have that dream or have that desire to know that they can do it too. So, you know, I think along the way definitely was apprehension. You know, I'm a, I'm a yes girl, but along the journey, especially when God started asking me to speak, you know, I almost eloped when I got married because I didn't want to have to say I do out loud. Oh, wow. And so for my wedding day, I had an ice pack literally, um, made into my bouquet or whatever you call it. And we had fans set up everywhere because my, I do, I thought was going to make me pass out because that was that residue left over of, I can't speak. I can't from where I came from. And so the yes was there, but the journey to get there definitely was my, this is a girl that's going to lead people. And, you know, my first year of leading people, I was leading the pioneers in the industry. So You know, there was so much apprehension, but I kept stepping forward. And I believe every time we step forward, we're building those spiritual muscles and that prophetic, you know, unction in us that can see the bigger picture. So, you know, I would say after this many years, the yes is is much um, easier and much more radical. But it took the steps to get there and the muscle to be built, even in the fear even in the backstage when he asked me to speak for the very first time and he asked me to lead for the, you know, through the sweating, through the <laughs> closed throat, you, you, you know, Joyce a, Myers. You probably didn't yes. have ice in a bouquet the first time you spoke. No, <laughs> I didn't. But I thought you're going to ask the girl that had to have ice in her bouquet. And then, you know, the fans, like my veil was standing up like a mohawk, like the fans <laughs> that I had on me. It was ridiculous. Like, oh I mean, I was just, and my husband finally looked at me like, you actually think all these people are just thinking about you. Like he really set me in my place of like, you got to get your eyes off yourself. And, um, and that's helped me say yes to is getting my eyes off of my fear and my me so that I can see the we picture, you know, of moving out in faith. I I think that that's one of the most profound things because people are listening to you and there's people who are just making their first yeses. You know, they're just saying I do for the first time to God in a real way where they're saying, lead my life. And there's all the stuff that we can all have. It may not be mental illness. It may just be fear, just flat out fear. And it's so beautiful when you overcome it though. Cause I think of my own background, I had a speech impediment. I had learning disabilities. I had all of these things. I had ADHD severely. I couldn't keep my attention on things. And God just one by one healed me of all these mm-hmm. things and kept speaking my future. Like you're going to be a voice to the nations. You're going to create conversations around the world, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. You're going to, you're going to help me to, uh, or you're going to speak for me. And what I, I mean, stuff that I would have never dreamed I could do growing up. Cause I'm like, if you, I should be like a video editor in a small quiet booth where no, <laughs> I'm creative. Like I should just like, where no one has right. to talk to me or whatever, you know, and, and, and yet God pulled me. He had a dream from before time began for me that as soon as I fell in love with him and I started to fall in love with who he's in love with, 
that dream mm. manifest. And I think a lot of times when people hear of someone like you who's so strong and so confident, they think that that was just, you were just born alpha and you have strong confidence that just was part of you and was nurtured all your life. But what you're saying is no, this is who God yeah. built me to be. And I think it's really profound in these kind of interviews for people to hear who you are and hear where you came from because it gives people courage and hope to say, okay, I don't have to start with a full deck of cards. <laughs> right. You know? I don't think I had any cards. <laughs> Maybe no. one. Honestly, it was like, the Joker. Yeah, exactly. We had the Joker. That that would be a good message right there. <laughs> okay. Well, we're coming to the end of our, end of our interview, unfortunately, because I'm loving your story. I love everything you're saying. But we, I want to start with the story. What's the riskiest thing that God ever asked you to do that you obeyed? Oof, risk. I mean, the moving was a risk. It was all a risk selling houses. But I think too, with prophetically for me is when I really started practicing, that was really with our internship. And really, he gave me a space to practice and understand what it felt like, understand to operate in it. So on our tour locations, you know, I just remember this one time that really stood out to me because it was the first time he'd ever spoken to me to really, you know, say some things that were risky. And there was a lady there that he really pointed out and really just painted this picture of her miscarrying and, and losing a child right before she came to the event. And wow. that I was to go talk to her and tell her that it, within the year, she's going to come back and she's going to show me the baby. And I thought, wow. man, this is risky. This involves messing with hope. This involves, you know, like the very thing that prophetic words give, but it was for me, you know, I had started in, in the prophetic, but you know, it, it, it had not been, um, you know, like when the genie talks in Aladdin, like, I can't make you love. Or there's certain <laughs> things I felt like were like, you don't say that. Yeah. And I really felt the Lord say, this is going to, you know, this is how you're going to grow in this because I'm going to speak even more radical. And I remember going up to her and it took me a minute and um, more than a minute. It took me, thank God we had three days there because it took me the last day. And I remember going up and giving her the exact word I felt and she cried and she, I, I could tell there was hope in her eyes, but it was still, you know, like, okay, like, um, you know, and I let her know, just take this back, pray over it. And I remember the next year walking up, I had forgotten about the word, honestly. And I will never forget seeing her. We were in this huge ballroom and I was up by the stage and I looked over and thought, does she really have a baby in mm. her hand? And she came up to me and pre like basically presented the baby like, like this Lion King moment of like, <laughs> I want you to see. And I thought, you know, that that's in me that would never think, oh my gosh, I got this right. It was literally, God, you actually speak. Like you yeah. actually yeah. gave me details and guidelines. And this woman, probably through her old pregnancy, because apparently she had miscarried over four babies, Ooh. I found out later, that, you know, gave that ammunition for her to keep believing. It was very powerful for me to watch. And, and I've had to do that several times after now. And, and, you know, that's where that muscle got built. But it was radical for me at the time no, to speak so that. Radical. And I love how that it gives you faith, even to believe even more what God's speaking to you. A lot of times when people hear these stories and they haven't done them yet, they don't understand that it's a connection, relational building device between you and God. It's not just like a notch on a belt or it's not just like, a, oh, yeah, I got something right. You're just, I've never been at a place where I'm in complete confidence. So when someone tells me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew that. I'm always like, this is amazing celebrating with them. Right. Talk as they are <laughs> always going, and all. Thank you, Jesus. You, you know, you do speak even this many years yes. into it. Which I love. Well, thank you so much for being on this podcast Tell people the well, main you. ways to get a hold of you just because it'll be so helpful for them to hear. And we'll have it linked as well for those of you who are listening. Well, you can always find us on social media. Um, our ministry is called Dance Revolution and all the under, other ministries connected with that. You can find them from there. And we have a website at dance-revolution.com. And 
We love to be in touch with people and we love for people just to follow what we're doing and be praying because we, we believe it's the next wave of what God's doing. And thank you, Sean, for having me. I'm very honored today to be a part of this. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, Michelle, thanks for being on. And everybody who's listening, I want to encourage you to explore the prophetic, be curious, and believe for breakthrough. Thanks so much. Did you know we have a YouTube channel called Bulls Ministries? And on that YouTube channel, we have new content. It's a video show that comes out episodically every Monday called Your Prophetic Journey. And it's a lighthearted take on some really tough subjects like night terrors, interpreting dreams, signs and symbols, what to do when your kids are having nightmares, these kinds of things. We're going to tackle huge subjects and we're going to do it with you and it's already available there's already a lot of episodes on there you could watch it you could subscribe to it you could share it with your friends but come under our youtube channel and join the conversation now about how you're growing in your prophetic journey share your stories and also hear ours thanks for listening to exploring the prophetic podcast i'm your host sean bowles I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.